Hai Le. Hai hai. Hai. Ah no, I know. How you doing? You alright? I'm good. How are you, babe? I oh, know it's been a long it's been a long time. It's been a long time. This is weird. Feels like we're at work. We're just I know usually you'll be like over there somewhere <laughs> and I'll be hiding behind the computer pretending to do work. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm all right. I'm still alive, which is, I suppose, is a good thing. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't had a break since March, since the whole pandemic started. It's just been, it's been nonstop. Work-wise? Just yeah, work-wise. Yeah, just crazy. I'm not surprised. Oh my God. What are you doing? Just loads of chest x-rays. <laughs> I was. <laughs> no, I left. Um the hospital i don't really want to give away where i where i work and things but i left you know where we were um july last year okay um and then i got a new job somewhere else as a researcher <laughs> and yeah, i've been working there um since july so we've been uh, researching covid effects uh, and things like that and it's been it's been really interesting god you need to tell me the gossip later i will definitely yeah definitely off live. <laughs> off, off live. <laughs> the after party. Hi everyone, I'm going to sort my glasses out. I've had like, a, a really sleepy day, so like, I need to get in the mood for like doing lives. You'll get nervous doing this kind of stuff. Hi everyone. <laughs> Thank you to everyone that's joining. Just leave any questions and things you want down in the uh, comment bit and we'll answer them at the end. Hopefully this will be um, valuable for you all. Yeah, it's valuable for me. I, I don't know that much about what you guys go through and then vice versa. So, yeah, I think it's good. There's some parallels in our communities, actually. Because, mm, a lot. Yeah, a lot of us end up on immunosuppressants. So when I see your posts, mm. I'm like, I see really similar posts my end. I'm like, oh, it's really weird. It's just where we end up. But, yeah, we'll just mm. little anyway shall we get started then yeah okay so hello everyone thank you for joining me and lou on this saturday uh, evening it is very cold outside i nipped outside very quickly for some reason um for those of you that don't know me my name is ziad um i am a research radiographer so i work for the nhs uh, as well as a nutrition advisor and i've had crohn's disease for about 13 years now um, and I've been on my own sort of journey and I've had my fair share of, you know, uh, bad reactions to medications and dependencies on medications and um, to link it to the topic of this uh, live, I've had my fair share of um, skin problems because of uh, my Crohn's disease. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit about me. I'll let Lou introduce herself as well. Yeah, hello everyone. My name is Louise, Lou for short. Luigi was my nickname, um, hence the weird name. Um, I have been suffering from TSW, which is a um, disease or condition caused by topical steroids, which are a medication used for eczema. Um, so I've been going through TSW for just over two years. I met Z when I used to be a data analyst at, where can I say where we used to work? Local hospital. At a local NHS institution. <laughs> local NHS 
hospitals. So I used to be a data analyst for um, radiology, which is really interesting. Um, and same with Z, I've been on different medications to help me get through TSW. Um, and they probably parallel quite a lot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. I'm 30. I'm doing much better. Um, yeah, so but it's a long journey. That's good to hear. Not as long as 13 years, so <laughs> slightly different. Well, it kind of becomes part of your life and you just kind of kind of get on with it. I mean, I, 2006, I first experienced symptoms. Uh, it was after GCSE, so it was on the brink of finishing GCSEs and then uh, starting AS levels. And I remember it wasn't... It, it wasn't very obvious how I started getting my symptoms. It was just I kept felt run down, you know, I was very fatigued, tired. Um, and it wasn't until I got the really bad uh, stomach pains and the constant bleeding that um, I started to question something wasn't right. Um, but before that, you know, you kind of, especially at that age, you just kind of think it will just go away. You feel invincible when you're in your, in your teenage years. And so for me anyway, going to the doctors all the time for a stomachache and being told, you know, you're just stressed because of your A-levels or you're not eating properly. It kind of makes you feel like you're making things up and that you're wasting their time. And then you see yourself getting worse. And I, I, my physical appearance was, was changing because I was losing a lot of weight as well. And I see myself and I can't recognize myself. And I'm like, but the doctor said there's nothing wrong with me. So surely there's nothing wrong with me. You know, who, who am I to kind of, argue with the doctor um but you know it wasn't until you know i was on the verge of collapse and i was really skeletal that my parents took me to the doctors and said look at him this isn't right yeah and you know had the blood tests and things that eventually um led to my uh, referrals and then my diagnosis um so it was a heck of a heck of a year for me anyway um but i don't know how a sort of your journey started because when we uh were at work you know obviously uh you were telling me about how you know you had eczema and how you were using uh, these um, topical creams and things so just give us a, a brief overview of how this journey started for you yeah so i started using well i think my parents first noticed i had eczema age five as you normally do with um eczema and they my mum was the nurse at the time so <clears throat> she'd taken me to the doctors and kind of trusted what they said and they said use these topical steroids mm. um, and things were different back then so the guidance on topical steroids any steroids probably any medication was different so um i just remember still using topical steroids um in my teenage years and then through until my late 20s and I just, my skin was just getting worse and worse and worse. So similar to you, I would end up mm. in the doctors just thinking, look, something just doesn't seem right. There's this cycle of me, my skin getting worse, going to the doctors, being prescribed a higher steroid cream. And then the year after having to go back and getting a higher dose because my skin's worse again. And my skin seemed to change. So normal eczema, you kind of, would expect to see like your inner arms, inner elbows, backs of knees, um, mm. 
maybe sometimes around your face. Yeah. Um, but mine was like widespread. It, my eczema had just completely covered my back, um, my arms, my thighs, just everywhere, my face. And it got to the point where I couldn't go a couple of days without using steroid creams. So um, to cut a really long story short, in my late 20s, so 27, 28, there was like this big, I joined Instagram and I'd never used social media before, <laughs> um, believe it or not, and <clears throat> never had Facebook. And then on Instagram, I was just like searching as you do and um, found medical medium. He's like, yeah. Medical medium. Does your yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that might cross over a little bit. Everyone's like, drink celery juice. I'm like, <laughs> no, I found medical medium, and it was um, it was like a post about celery juice has, has changed my life, um, and this mm. is what my skin used to look like before. And I was like, God, that's what my skin looks like. And then there was a hashtag called topical steroid withdrawal, and I was like, Holy shit, what is that? And <laughs> It. and I was like okay yeah. so the creams have been making me poorly mm. um, and then what do I do about this um, and the problem is there isn't really much you can do so at that point like your skin is so badly damaged especially if you've been using steroid creams for 25 years yeah. um, and TSW is not recognized so not medically recognized so you don't get a diagnosis so I was going to say to you, like, it must have felt like really important when you got your diagnosis, because for us, like, there isn't one. So you go to the doctors and they just say, look, like, basically shut up and use more steroid creams. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of gaslighting that goes on. I say a little yeah. bit. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> um, yeah. And it can be really difficult because you say, no, like, I, I think this is making me poorly. Um mm. So that was two years ago, I realized that it happened. Um, I did a load of research and um, I got really poorly. I didn't realize how poorly I was gonna get. I thought, oh, this thing will be over and it'll blow over in three months, but I'm still getting better two years later. Um, and that's from a cream. So yeah. I kind of made it my passion to raise awareness online, done a bunch of that um, and worked with a team of women to start Scratch That, um, which is an organisation just trying to raise awareness and kind of work with doctors, which we don't really like to do, but you do have <laughs> to do in some ways that like, you have to work with yeah. people and educate them and, and just try and say, look, like, this is going mm. on. But um it's not that easy so i mean it is i do admire your um like all your followers and even yourself i i do admire your bravery because unlike what i have it's it's hidden like you can't actually see my condition unless you physically go in with a with a camera for in, in the colonoscopy um but the, the things you post some people may find it you know a bit oh my god but it yeah it's the reality it's the reality of it and one of the things that I've, you know, found from social media and the community of social media is the feeling like you're not alone. Yeah. And I think accounts like yours are super important because there's someone out there thinking that they're completely alone. And to see, you know, someone like you, you're like, I'm not. And that, that shifts your whole mental health because you sometimes family members don't actually not care but they don't understand what you're going through they may be sympathetic but 
to speak to someone that knows what you're going through or to see someone go through exactly what you're going through is yeah it's a game changer well like the things that we go through um like your community my community you can't really relate to it unless you've been through it yourself um so yeah so like you end up feeling like survivors of whatever traumatic Mm. experience is but you do you just i don't know it doesn't really make sense unless you talk to someone that gets it but um Mm. our pictures are quite difficult to look at because of the way that we look um someone had said is it recognized in the u.s this isn't recognized anywhere Mm. nowhere in the world and it's actually a worldwide problem um and then we've just had a little we'll talk about this later we've just had a little bit of recognition from um british association of dermatology um but yeah there isn't much out there at all um but yeah i don't know where i was going with that see (laughs) i don't know where i'm going with all of this but you know we just make it up as we go along (laughs) (laughs) but it's hard when it comes to uh, physical appearances because some people can be taken aback by it and I know Crohn's doesn't um, or even our quite it doesn't um, some of the skin conditions that you can get they mainly affect the so uh, the arms and legs so you can kind of cover it up and with Crohn's and colitis like the you have your intestinal complications and then the skin conditions and other things are called extra intestinal um complication so that kind of means that outside of the intestine so it, it can affect your eyes liver uh cardiovascular system but staying on topic with with skin there are um three types of skin conditions that you can get so erythema nodosum um pyoderma gangriosum and acute febrile neutrophilic dermatosis those are i don't know how i'm going to remember these for the next couple of minutes but basically erythinodosum it's um inflammation of subcutaneous fat tissue um of the skin which then becomes red and swollen and it's more common in females with Crohn's disease um i think like uh you know with eczema and everything it, it can occur at any age and initially it can be treated and all three can be treated in similar ways but once this has been treated it people do make a full recovery but it tends to leave um bruise-like sort of appearances. Um, With pyoderma gangliosum, it actually causes painful ulcerations of the skin and it can appear anywhere, uh, but more commonly around the legs and around um, stoma bags. So people who um, have stomas, they can get this really painful uh, ulceration and rash of the skin. Um, And it can make it very fragile and it it peels off and it's, it's it's just awful. Um, even though pyoderma gangrenosum <laughs> has gangrene in its name, it's not actually um, a contagious, it's not contagious or an actual type of gangrene. Um, gangrene is a completely different um, thing as well, and it's quite, I've seen a gangrenous foot at work, and it's, it's not the nicest thing to see, but um, yeah, it's not contagious, uh, the skin condition related to Crohn's and colitis. Um, but all, all these are quite quite rare, and one of the rarest ones is called acute febrile neutrophilic dermatosis, or better known as Sweet Syndrome. And it does tend to cause uh, red tender skin rashes, which are accompanied by, you know, uh, having a fever and another condition called neutrophilia. Um, 
And unfortunately for, for women who have Crohn's and colitis, all these skin conditions seem to be more common in women than in men. Um, but even my, myself, I, get, I can get a few rashes here and on my arms when I'm in a flare-up. And thankfully, I haven't had a flare-up for, for quite a while. But as I mentioned, all three skin conditions, they can be treated with varying uh, success because it all depends on you know, the type of, um, you know, how severe your, your disease is. Um, so medications like, you know, antibiotics, immunosuppressants can be used. But one thing that people start to depend on is the topical steroid creams, which are prescribed for these conditions based on how quickly they make the area um, heal, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that's a really good, um, I'm quite proud of that link. Uh, to bring you in here to talk about um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I, I tried very hard I tried all week to bring that link in so, <laughs> so good. for anyone watching um, or later on listening um, I should uh, warn you all that this may be uh, a trigger for, for some of you because if you're going through Have I lost you? Is it oh, yeah. Hello. I don't know. How much of that did you get? <laughs> difficulties. It wouldn't be live if there wasn't any technical difficulties. There we go. Okay, so just to summarize, trigger warning for anyone that has gone through TSW or is about to go through um, or has gone through TSW. Um, so basically, Lou, you've explained what TSW is um, at the beginning, but how do you know if you're going through it and what, what, are, the signs, what are the signs of it? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, the problem with TSW is... Um, like the markers, so the markers that you would have in diagnosis, they, I don't know, they haven't really figured them out yet. So one of the, I think, so TSW is the withdrawal process, so topical steroid withdrawal. So I think you would look out for signs that you've got an addiction to topical steroids. So TSA is topical steroid addiction. Um, and I think the signs that you can look for that you've got an addiction is um so sometimes people say look i i couldn't i can't leave my steroid creams if i go on holiday because i'll flare up and mm. really what those cream those creams sh shouldn't be used in that way so that's almost like they're being they should be used say you've got a rash um they shouldn't really be used at all but they should be used um to kind of uh, like a one-off rather than mm. I'm having to use this daily, weekly, and if I don't use it, then I have a big flare-up. And that's kind of where I found myself. Um, so, I mean, there's a few common things I see. So I think it normally happens, and I can't tell you why, in about 80 to 90% women. Um, and the Japanese once did a study on it and said that it was more common in women that blush easily. 
which I did okay. fall into that category. But with time, we've realized that that just isn't the case. I don't know where that's, I need to read that study and figure it out. Um, I, and so, I don't know yeah, why they've made that conclusion. Because there's enough men mm. that I see go through it, um, and women of all color and ages, and men of all color and ages. Um, but one of the things I do notice is with people that have an addiction to topical steroids, sometimes you, all of us talk about having a red mustache. So you have like okay. a, um, like a red line. Um, so people are sat on my eczema and it, they've got like a red tash. And I had that for about 10 years and just didn't know what it was. And I just kept putting steroid creams over the top of it. Um, uh, yeah so and then the steroid creams stop working so the medication stops working I think would be another um, indication that you've got an addiction and, and you start to see your eczema spread into areas where you didn't have it before um, and and then yeah from there and then you kind of have to make the choice you kind of I guess people maybe stumble across um, something they found on the internet because there's, I don't think there's anywhere that you can go, maybe apart mm. from a nutritionist or a really holistic um, doctor. At the moment, I don't think you'll go into a doctor's and then say, actually, I think you've got an addiction to steroid creams. Um, mm. So you have to kind of come to that conclusion yourself. And that's quite difficult. And is that what you did in terms of, did you notice that the creams weren't working anymore or why did you decide to, to stop treatment? Was it just an overnight thing go, you know what, my creams aren't working, what's the point of using them? Yeah, I think I realised that the rashes I had was um, part of the addiction. So um, my whole back was covered in kind of like a weird coin-shaped red rash. Um, and I haven't had it since I stopped using topical steroids. It was almost mm. as if like that's the way that they came out of my body. And I can't explain why uh, scientifically. Um, but I just, I don't know, it was like weird things. Um, like at work, see, I'd just been signed off work with stress. Um, and it was the first time that it happened. And I remember thinking, like, I don't, it was like a really physical stress. Like, I just couldn't cope with, like, it wasn't that work was particularly difficult any more than usual. Um, and I, I was on the highest steroid cream and just something, I don't know, it was like my late, late 28 and I was like, something just isn't right. And then found that link and I thought, okay, like, it just felt like a light bulb moment um of 20 years of just suffering with my skin and they just never really knew they being the doctors and dermatologists they just never really knew why it was getting worse and your your eczema's worse because you're stressed and yeah it just wasn't it just wasn't the case so in terms of going going to the doctors and almost you know i suppose having a feeling like they don't believe you yeah and going through tsw as well how how did you deal with that, like pre-TSW and post-TSW? Yeah, so in some ways I feel a bit guilty because I wish I had taken my skin health into <coughs> my hands a little bit. So if I, if I came up and if I had a flare-up, I would literally just be down the doctor straight away. Um, and, mm. just, and then I would kind of demand, like, I need, I need a stronger cream. Like, I need something to sort this out. Because I was like a, a young woman, like, and as a young woman... You don't want to be covered in rashes. You want to look good. And I really empathise with that. Um, 
And yeah, and, and as far as I was aware, like as far as I had been told, my eczema, eczema was just hereditary and it was going to be there for life and I just had to deal with it. And the only way I could deal with it was these creams. So mm -hmm. you rely on that. Um, I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> so after you um, went through um, or were going through TSW, how how did you uh, deal with that? How did you cope with it? Because like going to the doctor, knowing knowing you at work, like you were always so outgoing and bubbly, and you know you were pretty much talking to to everyone. So I'm just wondering, has going through all of this changed who you are? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, definitely. I, it did change how I felt towards medicine Z as well for a long time. Um, because like me and you have worked in NHS for a long time and I've like worked with doctors and radiologists and mm. like had a lot of love for like NHS and, but then after that happened, like I felt, I felt really let down. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of people do feel like that. Um, the whole experience changes you. So like to go through something like that in my late twenties, where one minute I've got like nice, long, straight hair and, and feel quite pretty. And then the next minute, like I'm completely unrecognizable. Um, and people are double looking me in the street because like, I look like a zombie and like, you just, I don't know, like, without showing pictures, like you can't really explain Entire, yeah um so you go and then you go from like being independent like I moved out when I was 17 and, and didn't really look back and then having to move back in with my parents and them having to bath me and then put me to bed um and like like literally feed me because I can't feed myself so and that, I think anyone that has like a chronic illness or like quite a traumatic illness like will feel like that mm. um so when you come out the other end of it you you're not the same person that you were when you went in um and you just have to like rebuild like and I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out I think like I had a counseling session this morning because um there's a lot to process with that yeah. I think like the, the old person dies and then you have to kind of figure out who this new person is with like curly hair and no makeup and just meeting and um and then yeah so, and then it's like, it's just a life experience, I think. I, I, I agree with you there in terms of <clears throat> when I was 16, 17, like obviously doing my AS levels, the idea was to do medicine. So, you know, I wanted to be a doctor, but go in the medical field and all that. And when, when you're being told that, you know, you just need to eat a little bit more bread and have a bit more sleep and all your stomach problems will be, will go away. You kind you do start to lose a bit of faith and respect and, when I was starting treatment, all of my so-called specialists, they were, take this medicine, fine. I'll come in for the next consultation. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I've got diarrhea. I can't go to the toilet. I'm still in a bit of pain. Oh, that's fine. Here, have this for the sickness. Have this for the diarrhea. Have this for, for whatever. It was, I was a checklist of symptoms. Yeah. And you feel, you feel dehumanized in a way. And I went through four con consultants and my last one, literally the first consultation with me, he was like, so just tell me about yourself. And we were talking about football, my career aspirations, things like that. And I'm like, why hasn't he asked me about my, my, my crimes yet? And so we were just talking in general and like life ambitions and things. And he goes, so 
how do you think your Crohn's is going to affect all that? And I'm like, you know what? I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. And then he's like, well, obviously I've got all your um, notes you've you sent and everything. This is what I would like to do. This is the medications I want you to go on. This is how it's going to affect you. Um, and we had a treatment plan. And that, I think that was the biggest thing. I had a plan, whereas the other doctors was just like, let's just throw whatever at him and see what sticks. And to be treated like a person yeah. makes the world a difference. And my faith was restored in the medical uh, field um, after seeing him. And I've been seeing him now for the past uh, 11, 12 years now. Oh. Um, so I hope he doesn't retire because I don't know what I will do. Because <laughs> he's like my go-to person. But I think linking onto this with with doctors and everything is TS, IBD and TSW, for those that go through them, it's a very real thing, especially when undiagnosed. So why do you think, especially with something like TSW, doctors are so resistant to actually acknowledge its existence, despite, you know, say, um, National Eczema Association are coming around to this idea that TSW is is a real thing oh, of course it's a real thing but a, a classified medical entity a really good question um i think one of the main reasons is because steroid creams are one of the only things that they can use so mm. it's one of the only tools in their toolbox so if you start to say well there's a problem with that then you're kind of left with them having to treat eczema holistically and and as you know, it doesn't, that doesn't really fit into the way that Western medicine works. So, um, and then I don't know why, I think because you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of what they learn trickles down from pharmaceutical companies. So the I kind of agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. So if I there's, if there's money to be made, then other options will go out the window. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know what dermatologists learn when they learn. I'm sure they learn all about how the skin works, um, but the information that they learn about steroid cream works, it must come from the manufacturer. So <coughs> mm. I don't think there would be anything objective in that to say, oh, maybe there's a problem because it's coming straight from like the horse's mouth. So yeah, quite tricky. The other thing is, is that when we, where, as we present with TSW, um, it can look like many different things. So it can look a lot like severe eczema um, mm. and can look like, like a, a whole stream of different skin conditions. So, and it's not something that you can do like a, a skin scrape for and actually get um, like a diagnosis of like fungal infection or something like that. So, um, and even though we, you talked about National Eczema Association, um, like kind of acknowledging it, which they did the other day, um, I think even when reading their statement, it still says, or oh, these people at the bottom, there's like a little paragraph that still says, these, <laughs> Dis these disclaimer. People, <laughs> yeah, always. These people um, probably had and now they've just started to treat it holistically and I think oh, like there's uh, there's always something like and that's gaslight mm -hmm. really I mean the, for some of us maybe and I think not all of us will come out the other end of TSW um with clear skin so mm -hmm. 
TSW in itself is a condition that's like a terrible and it's like um, eczema at like 100%. It's just horrible. But I think, so for some people, they come out the other end and they've got beautiful skin. Like they don't have anything wrong with their skin. So yeah. the it was the creams causing this condition the whole time. Um, whereas some of us come out the other end and we've still got eczema that you have to treat differently. Mm. So it's, I think it's just difficult for them. I don't think they know enough about it. I think a lot of doctors and dermatologists um, can be quite ignorant, um, very clever, um, but with that clever and that understanding comes a bit of arrogance and reluctance to learn from someone who's picked something up off the internet effectively. And do you feel, uh, I mean, I understand, you know, being a medical professional myself, like I have my own medical opinion. And in some cases, I mean, it's different in, in radiology. In some cases, you know, my opinion will be the right one because that's what I've been trained to do and the best way to get the image for the patient. But do you feel doctors kind of, I don't, maybe dermatologists, they kind of refuse to accept the holistic side because you actually you went you went to Singapore and you you tried that sort of a holistic approach and I suppose could you tell us how that experience you know came about why you did it what was it like and if it, if it actually helped going to Singapore yeah yeah well, the problem with TSW is um, it's a long process. So you're really poorly for a long time. Um, and it's, it's just a horrible thing to go through. It's just, uh, it's just days of being uncomfortable, um, in pain. So I think like right now is the first time I haven't been in pain for about two years. So you have mm. a shower and it's like someone's thrown like battery acid over you. It's really horrible. Oh, and I think for uh, my journey has been a bit different. So most people will kind of accept, look, like my body will heal itself as I, now I'm not using the creams anymore. My body will just continue to get better and maybe two to five years I'll be healed. But um, I don't know, Z, I don't know what it is about my personality, but I was like, no, I was like, no, like, I can't. Play. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I had to break away. I'd like someone had messaged me once and they were like, have you heard about the clinic in Singapore? They're, they're treating people with TSW. I was mm. like, no. And then, and then I just booked an appointment. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and get some. Um, and it's a really cool treatment. It's a treatment that's used for, um, to treat chronic wounds in Thailand. So they've got it in all of the hospitals in Thailand. Really cool. Um, and then I think they realized that TSW is, is a lot like a big, wound really and because mm. the the layers of skin underneath just need like that over time i think that they they will repair themselves but there are different things that you can do to speed that up um and that's what that treatment was so it was good i didn't get enough um i was over there during covid so mm. i had to come home early i came home in the middle of my treatment but I don't know where I'd be now without it, to be fair. And I could look pretty good, like for two years, TSW. For someone who used really high steroids for a long time, I would expect to be in a different state right now. So um, in some ways it was worth spending money on. Um, but that's not to, and then I don't know if it's the same in your community, but there's, there's loads of different things people can try to get better. And there's loads of yeah. different 
um, and it can be quite tricky and overwhelming. Um, that's why it's important for people just to figure out what works for what them. What works for them, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in, in uh, with IBD as well, there's a lot of misinformation with nutrition. So a lot of people are like, you know, celery juice will, will cure you. You just need to keep juicing and, and everything. Whereas when it comes to nutrition, everyone is so different. People react differently to different foods. And there is so much in terms of, you know, moral beliefs around food. So if you're vegan, vegetarian, if you've been raised that way, or if you even have different um, religious uh, influences on, on your life. So like me being a Muslim, I... I don't eat pork or anything, you know, pig related. So obviously that's going to impact my own gut microbiome compared to to someone that, that does. So foods that they can eat and will be perfectly fine for them may give me severe um, stomach cramps. So I think there is a lot of, there's so much out there you, you can do to, to help your healing journey. Um, I think for, for Crohn's and colitis, that is certainly um, the case because you can, you can do stuff like quit smoking to reduce the um, chances of having a, having a flare up. You can, you know, maybe take um, CBD oil or um, probiotics and prebiotics and, and things like that. So stuff like that may not help with TSW because it's more of a um, topical issue. Yeah, but it's a lot like connected, I think, um, mm. especially in terms of healing. Um, the I've I've got like an Instagram ban on my phone, and I feel like it's gonna tell me off in a minute. So if I go and I'll come back straight away. Um, I'm trying to restrict how much time I spend online, which is quite difficult at the moment. Um, so, but yeah, no, I just, I think like in terms of like healing, it's, it's all kind of the same. Like, so a lot of, mm. I take probiotics. I do. I've been uh, using apple cider vinegar, like in some water every day for like a week now. Um, yeah, it's all connected with healing. So it, like on the outside, I think we need a lot of internal healing as well. Yeah. But it's good to know that your experience in Singapore was, you know, a positive one. And you, you were making a documentary about it, which I was following on, on YouTube as well. And you were also on like a, um, a TV show. Um, and I saw that episode on, on YouTube. So I remember at the very beginning of the video, you were saying how, you know, how much you're a people person, how TSW sort of impacted that. Um, how has it actually impacted your mental health in terms of feeling isolated. Because I know with Crohn's and colitis, we can become isolated because we're too scared to go out because we never know when we need the toilet and we don't want to have a have an accident and have all that um, embarrassment. But how has, you know, sort of your people person and bubbly personality been affected by TSW? Uh, well, really heavily, to be fair. I, I don't think it matters what kind of person you are. What, if you go through something traumatic, it's going to knock you. Um, mm. So I, my parents said that I didn't smile for like seven months. So for wow. someone who like is known for having like a loud laugh and always smiling, they just said I was like dead, just like. Yeah. Oh, I told you it was going to tell me off. We're okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> 
I so I think what happened is that I knew what I needed to do to get better and that was just to mm. survive like the first like rough bit so you just kind of end up in survival mode and you don't really think too much about it but um I had severe depression as anyone yeah. would that goes through something like that you'll know how that feels um and I didn't want to be alive anymore because sometimes life is hard enough as it is so yeah. to have to go through like something like that where you're in like constant pain you don't look like yourself you're not being listened to by doctors you're not getting any help and every day kind of feels like it's getting worse and worse um so like for I couldn't smile because um everything was this, so yeah. cracked and um your skin gets really tight so like anytime there's no like um collagen in your skin so it just kind of loses like its normal function and um i just i couldn't even like straighten i couldn't straighten up my arms so mum and dad had to carry me carry me from the bath to the bed like it just couldn't straighten out so i don't know you just you just kind of feel like what's the point um and yeah it can be really hard it can be really hard to keep going through that um mm. I, i guess you've got similar experiences to that yeah i mean it's not as bad as as yours um hope oh, think we've just this there we go yeah um so my terms of experience with isolation is i didn't know how to open up about my my crimes and my symptoms so i kept it from all of my friends so i would cancel events last minute i would you know not be in in uni for like a week or two at a time and i wouldn't tell anyone why and at uni it's such a big place and you know everyone has multiple friends so i don't think it was as bad for them to lose me as a friend or just drop me as a friend um and not understanding the reason why i can't make these these, these events even though i was very cagey about it um by did tell my uh one of my friends at the time um that I did have crimes and she was like oh my brother has that and I'm like oh, small, small world so yeah. that kind of really helped in terms of uh mentally and you know if I had to uh cancel something uh, they would understand um what I was going through but it's more of the anxiety of leaving the house especially when you're on all these medications because I don't know if I'm going to make the car journey or the or the bus journey so everything had to be planned to the minute detail. So if I was taking the bus I'd be like right takes me 15 minutes to get to this stop. If I do need the loo I could run out there <clears throat> go to the local coffee shop and then take the bus back into town. Once I, if I reach town and I'm good that's fine there are toilets in the station and everything um and i would i would literally plan my whole uni days around where the toilets were so i'd be like right yep take the bus to uni toilets are over there over there once i arrive at uni the nearest one is at the gym nearest one to the lecture hall is here nearest one to where i'm having lunch is here if you needed the loo and you asked me at uni i would tell you exactly where where the best ones were yeah. <laughs> so i was like a, i was like a loo map <laughs> um But yeah, no, it was probably wasn't as difficult as yours because I still was kind of able to function um as normally as I could. Um but I 
probably wouldn't have been able to handle what what you went through honestly i feel like that they're, they're quite different um because like with mine i was supposed to i'd left radiology see and i was supposed to start a new job in business intelligence so business intelligence yeah. guys like the main like data hub of any hospital and i was like it's a new job like it's a really cool job and i didn't start that job for nine months because yeah. i was very appalling but so what happens with a lot of TSW people is that they just don't leave the house and they don't lead that normal life. Whereas for you, I think to be an attractive young man that has to deal with something. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> like it's true. Like that has to deal with something that it could be potentially embarrassing. Like mm. when I read your posts, I find it like really interesting. And I just think like how amazing it is that you can share that with people so that they don't feel alone because those are yeah. really embarrassing moments that will make someone feel like shit. So if yeah. you can read about your experience and what do you do when, when you have sex and you've got Crohn's disease or like, and they, these are things that are really important. So like in the TSW community, there were a few of us chatting last night, like late, there were about four of us on Zoom last night. And we'll just end up talking about sex because we're like young humans. We're still human. Like we we just, just want to talk about, so like, oh, like what happens? Like, how do you have sex then? Like if you've got TSW and like, it's just a, a new way of working, I think. Um, and if you didn't have those questions and you wouldn't, you would feel alone. Um, and that definitely helped my mental health was, um, social media, both good and bad. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just to have that support from other people, because mm. otherwise, like, you don't know what's going on. No, definitely. I mean, like, in terms of, because uh, it's, it's quite interesting as well, like, so all my relationship posts and sex and intimacy posts, they're contributed from um, uh, sex experts. Because um, obviously, uh, in my religion, there's no sort of intimacy before before marriage and things. So I can't really speak from personal experience so i know where to, where to go to or the people to go to for the proper proper help and yeah okay it may not be something i have experience with but to know that those experts are able to contribute to my page and everything and to to help others for free basically is is really you know is quite incredible because like you said you can read something and be like i did not know about that or i did not even think about that or i don't feel alone anymore you know yeah for sure um i think a lot of the tsw community find that because mm. um i don't know maybe for example like sometimes people would come to me and say I've, I've never seen someone who had it so bad on their face like I thought I was the only one that had it bad on my face um, I definitely felt like that about other people and I think just like that realization together that oh, like that light bulb moment of figuring out what's been wrong the whole time um, yeah. a lot of people feel a lot of guilt for using steroid creams and have to deal with that together um, I definitely felt guilty because um, there's a lot of people that use it within the guidelines, but because it was a cream, um, I remember mm. one doctor said to me once, just mix it in with your moisturiser. And for the rest of my life, I pretty much just did that because I'd been told it once and I felt like it was okay, but it wasn't. Like now these days, the guidelines are like much different. So mm. um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of emotions to 
to go through. I mean, everything's changed now, in the, especially medical advances and things. And one of the things I took away from your uh, TV show appearance was uh, the use of immunosuppressants because I was on them for, for 10 years and they were such a lifesaver for me that like, I don't think I would have been able to get into remission without them. Um, but you were a bit hesitant about, about using them. Um, and I understand, you know, they weaken your immune system and you eventually did, did take them, but did you feel like that was almost as a, as a last resort or, yeah, or anything? I did. And actually that, this is where our communities, um, are similar, but different. So there's a real like tricky, um, discussion around immunosuppressants in my community because people tend to use them if if there's if they can't carry on anymore so for example say like if you are fe feeling suicidal or if you've got young kids to look after or you've got to a point where you can't carry on so they do tend to be that like that last thing but then i've known people that come off using steroids and then go straight on to depixin um or go straight on to cyclosporine because they, they they know that they won't be able to cope with going through tsw because it's no easy feat at all yeah. um but um immunosuppressants because some people feel like they they hinder the process of going through tsw and and why would you go on another medication when it's a medication that made you sick in the first place um and this we've had some tricky experiences with um immunosuppressive creams uh, and they actually give a similar um you have to go through a similar withdrawal process so you have to go through tsw just from using protopic which i believe is the mm. version of cyclosporin um so they're really damaging to skin but um I mean, for me, I, I really wanted to, there's a real movement of like doing this naturally. So um, I don't know if that's similar in your community, but ours for sure, like you, you have to kind of do this naturally, as do it as naturally as you can. Um, and then I do find like for me, I was, I was ready to like throw in the towel at three months just super poorly just just couldn't carry on and then and then I did carry on I listened to the scratch that girls actually because they I don't want to say that they're, they're anti-immunos but they they definitely like, <laughs> they definitely like the natural route and I was the only one yeah. out of five of us that was like oh maybe I can try this um and it got to six months and I just said let my mental health and that was me I was filming at the time. So that was kind of all caught on camera. I don't know how I filmed that period of my life. And I can't actually watch any of it back because it was such a dark place. But you have to be all smiley yeah. and like answer questions when you're being filmed. But it was dark. Um, and and then... that's the thing. Like, I, I, watched, I watched it. And what annoys me about these type of um, shows is that they will have someone like you, okay? And... At the end, they will show your improvement. Like you, you improved after the immunosuppressants. You can visibly see a, a big difference. Yeah. And what they did, they they play happy music, you know, and go, oh, you know, Louise is looking uh, much better now, and she's going to be living a full and complete life. But and then that's it. They end it as if everything has been cured and everything is hunky dory. But it's I'm sure after it, it's not. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. And this is the thing, like I, I chose to do it because 
raising awareness was at the forefront of what I wanted to do. But I knew that that kind of show is, um, they're a bit like before and after, like, you know, you get that kind of like, and that's kind of what they want. That's the clickbait is they want, like, like, we've made this person better. So see, the whole time that I was filming, they put me under so much pressure to use steroids again because they... Well, yeah, I kind of, I picked up on that because even the doctor... Um, or the dermatologist she was like you know obviously in front of the cameras being very open and listening to you but the one thing that kind of got me was that she said I would just love to put you on a two-week course of steroids and you know get you back on these creams more or less and it's just like you're not listening you're not listening and I, I think in time that conversation that was recorded won't age well because I think in in five to ten years, TSW will be recognised, hopefully sooner. Um, and then those conversations that we have all the time that are really difficult, where they just don't listen. That I mean, that was pretty normal for what we have to go through in terms of like, yeah, whatever. And here, just use some steroids. Um, like you're basically you're crazy. Um, why, why would you why would you put yourself through this? Mm. Um, I did become friendly with Dr. Emma, who was the doctor, um, because I felt like she, I hope she's not listening, she might be offended, but I felt like she needed, she needed a bit of education um, on, and that's hard for a, 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 like a 20 whatever year old to, to say to a really high up dermatologist, so she's part of the BAD, so British Association of Dermatology, she's really high up, and for me to yeah. say, maybe maybe there is something going on here that that you guys don't know about and that's really hard and i, I empathize that, that that might be hard for them um but they need to hear it but also i, I agree like i mean i did my uh, research on her and she's very high up and like you know well really well spoken about and everything and i'm sure she's a very competent um, doctor she's yeah she's amazing at what she does um and it's it's one of those things where like <sighs> unless you've had a really bad experience with some doctors you can't believe that you know some doctors refuse to listen to you and we get to i remember being in uni and every single lecture it's almost like being forced down our throats patient-centered care putting the patient in the center of everything and listening to their their beliefs and their values before making um, decisions and I think that like nowadays there is a shift towards that, but I think maybe it's the old school type of doctors that, you know, maybe they pass on those old school tricks to um, their, their trainees and it's not being filtered through that. At the end of the medications you're prescribing, the, the surgeries you're doing is a very real person with real feelings and real opinions. And, you know, maybe they have something that they can teach you. Um, and I really think more doctors should be more open to, you know, have those experiences and listen to patient experiences because they could come across someone that's going through exactly the same thing and be like, well, this worked for this person, so let's give it a go. Yeah. Oh, maybe look maybe i mean i hope that people like dr emma doctors and dermatologists once they've come a- across me and and other tsw people um that maybe when they see someone else that's presenting quite similarly they'll say oh okay that girl that 
was allergic to steroids or um, mm. thought the steroids were making it worse. And hopefully that connection just seems to flow through. I know that they were a real ball ache for them um, because they, we don't take the medication that we're offered and they're kind of left where they don't really know how to help. And I often felt like that they wanted to help um, and they just couldn't. So luckily my GP was really good and just said, just tell me what else you need. Um, so I just, I'd go in there and get checked up for infections because you, your skin's so open, you end up with all kinds of infections, bacterial infections, fungal. Um, and he just made it safe for me to be able to go and get checked. So I, I try to influence people to still try and keep those connections open. Um, and still, I mean, we can go through with like, um, fuck the doctors kind of attitude. And, and I definitely feel like that most of the time, but I've had to learn that it, sometimes you need them. Um, like I've ended up in A&E, um, and sometimes like you, you need them to help you and you need, you haven't slept for seven days and you need to go and get sleeping pills. Um, and I, I don't think that they would purposely want to put anyone through TSW. No. I think yeah. it's just the ignorance of it. I think people just don't know. Um, mm. And it definitely happens. It'd just be a lot easier if, if we sometimes had more of an Eastern approach. Um, I definitely wouldn't be here in TSW. I probably would have got rid of my eczema quite early. But <laughs> just with like, I don't know, Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine or something. Um, but sometimes they've got steroids in too. Yeah. And do you think maybe like before we uh, finish up is that, doctors may be too quick to prescribe things like if maybe they just took a little bit more time when you were younger to maybe have a look at the rooted cause of your eczema rather than just taking uh, creams do you think that you know they're too quick to i think the medical community we're very drug reliant now there's a pill for everything yeah yeah, I do. Um, and it worries me, the money that comes into that, like we've talked about, I think the money influence of that. So um, it might, it, sometimes it seems like, oh, like I can help with this pill, but then there is an influence of money from that, like um, where they, they will get money, but that's slightly different. Um, yeah, I, it's tricky. I, um, I don't know how I feel about it, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know where we I'm were. Just going through, yeah, I'm just going through all the all the all the comments here. I mean, there's so many people that have joined. Thank you all so much for joining in. Um, Lou, I found out about TSW the same way. I saw medical medium post. Oh my god, steroid cream is toxic. There's so many little discussions. Lou, you seem like the bravest person I know. God is now using you to help others. I pray that the rest of your life will be blessed. That's so nice. It's, it's all love for you, basically. I haven't got a mention. It's all right. <laughs> but, no, reading all these comments, guys, thank you so much for, you know, even commenting on, on things and sharing your experiences. There's a lot of people helping each other out as well, and I think that's what I wanted to get across from here as well, um, that we're all in this together, regardless of whether we have... Crohn's, TSW, or other other conditions. If you have a, a sickness that has affected you since you were 
a youngster or even now as a young adult, there's a lot of sort of safety you can find online in terms of the social media communities there are for chronic illnesses. Yeah. Um, and it's not well liked, all of us um, kind of getting together and talking on the internet. I think it can be quite difficult. So we get mm. a little stick for like using Dr. Google, I think is <laughs> that they like to use. But Dr. Google gets you through uni. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but I, I, don't, I think it's deeper than that. It's about like these are like real connections between people and like real lived experiences. Um, and that's data in itself, I yeah. think. Um, and, and I've definitely made friends on, on here. Since I started posting about my crimes a few years ago, I've definitely made some some friends through social media. So it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Do you know what? I have made like some of the closest friends are TSW people. And in some ways like that, that's like the, the better thing of going through something like that is you come out with all of these like new best friends and then you're friends for life. Um, yeah. I would say it's almost worth it, but I don't know if anything would be worth that apart from just living a nice, healthy life. Um, but I mean, I, I do, I, I do wish one that thing... doctors oh. carry on. No, no, I'll see, I'll see you, don't I? I I do wish that I what I would like quite like to influence people and say is um, is push for those tests. So if you feel like your eczema is being caused by something, push for blood testing, um, allergy testing, um, like prick testing. Um, just try and find, like you said, like try and find a root cause. Um, and I've had a lot of mums come to me that have just been prescribed steroid creams for their little ones who actually ended up just having a milk allergy. Um, but the doctors just oh don't. God. I think maybe they just don't have the time to. Uh, it's just we've both worked in NHS. We know that time's really limited. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't want to bitch about them too much but um you, sometimes you have to do your own research i think yeah yeah and that's what i was going to say i just wanted uh, some closing remark like so what would be aside from that what would be the one tip you would give someone going through tsw um make sure you've got a good support system um it's definitely something that you can't do by yourself um, and you almost need a physical support system because it can get really tricky really fast um, and you're at a point where you, you can't even get up and, and help yourself and clothe yourself. Um, take everything that you read with a pinch of salt um, and make sure that you're going through the journey something that go through it as true to yourself that you can do so there were moments when I listened to other people's opinion before my own and that's when I got myself to a point where I needed to go and get help and I should have just listened to how I felt at the time um, mm. so take on everyone else's opinion but listen to your own and try and find something that will make you heal a bit faster because it's too slow <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really bad, but anyone, any of my followers who are listening, they know what I'm like. Um, so, yeah, we've all got lives we need to live um, and we just all want to be better and and live it up, I think, especially if you're our age. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and follow 
whoever you can that inspires you to keep going. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to do this. It was, I've learned so much just from, from your page as well. And 